you want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, Captain, my Captain. This feels like a good place to introduce our guest. Uh, well, also ourselves. I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And today with us on Hawkeyes, I should say, this show is called Hawkeyes, uh, we have a super special guest, co-host of a show whose air date is TBD, <laughs> Craving the D, Nicole Winecki. Hey. Hey. How you guys doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry for your... making you do this again, even though we already did it. No, that's okay. Right. No, that was good. Uh, the how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I Well, Jonathan was in the bathroom, so. How are you? Because I came out, and I was like, oh, do you want a bevy? Yeah. And then, you know, it's not. Well, how you doing? I'm okay, yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep talking like a phone sex operator. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. I need to not do that. <laughs> but thank you. Mm-hmm. I was doing my my impression of how people talked in that movie yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can do it now which if you want. I don't think you enjoyed very much. I just felt like it was a little over the top, which I understand that's how impressions <laughs> often are, but I just felt like Ethan Hawke and Matthew McConaughey have a real natural Texan accent that they fall into, and what you were doing was a real caricature of a Texan. Well, I'll be Chris falling. <laughs> Yeah, like that. A little something like that. Yeah, that's very natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the movie that we're talking about is The Newton Boys. Yeah. For those of you that didn't read the name of this episode before playing it, you know, sometimes that happens to me because Spotify has rearranged how podcasts are. And so they'll just queue up the episodes for you, basically, depending on how you go to this podcast. Because if you follow podcasts and then you just click one, then it'll start just playing all of the most recent ones in order. Uh-huh. So... Does it like do new to reverse old? Reverse chronological? Or? Yeah. Yeah, reverse chronological, but of the of the podcast you follow. Okay. So, like, if, let's say, uh, Wednesdays, Good Christian Fun, The West Wing Weekly, and uh, Iconography all came out, you know, those would be at the top. And so sometimes I'll just click one and let them all play through. But then it'll keep going further back to other episodes I haven't listened to, which I don't always like because there are some shows that I'm not caught up on. Um, so it'll play the newest episodes first. I hate that. Uh, so then okay. I have to stop it quickly before yeah, I hear anything. Yeah, because I'd rather listen to them in order yes rather than reverse yeah it's just that for the shows that i am caught up on it doesn't really make much of a difference because it's just the most recent episode Hmm. so wednesdays are good for me to just listen to episodes like that but ours comes out on monday ours comes out on monday why what is the what is the don't movies come out on fridays right yeah and albums used to come out on, I don't know, they recently, the music industry decided some time ago that they were going to change when albums Change to Fridays. Out. Well, that was the same with movies. I think they all kind of came out on Tuesdays, but that all moved to Fridays for that weekend box office. True, but now they come out on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah like because midnight, people are... Midnight. But it's like 11 but, p.m. But it's, yeah, and you're like, you, big ones PM. like 6.30, yeah. like you could go to the AMC at 6.30. It's like, this isn't a Friday anymore. Yeah, yeah that's who, crazy. Who decides these things? I, the, 
I don't know. The industry? The man. The people? Because it's like for, you know, studios, basically. Mm-hmm. This one is... This I'm, is your sound okay? Yeah, my sound is great. Oh, mine doesn't I think it's sound. Just you. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> pop this bad boy up. Switching up. Yeah, tangle up our cords. Okay, that sounds. Is it better? Does it sound the same? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it sounds. Do you need to <laughs> turn the volume up? Can you not hear? I guess it sounds. <laughs> well, I can hear you. I can uh-huh. hear what you're saying. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about movies being released. Yeah, release dates. Because there's like a you know four big studios: RKO, uh, <laughs> yeah. MGM, United Artists, and Paramount. United Art, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep, those what's are the, the major studios. The, what's the one with the Pegasus? Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so Newton Boys. <laughs> the Newton Boys, yeah. Ugh, where to start with this movie? What a bunch, what a big cast. I feel, oh, we should, okay. Come, I'm bringing it all back. Who directed this movie but Richard Linklater? Our old pal Rick. Our old pal Rick. Um, he, this is the second of, I believe, nine Ethan Hawke, Richard Linklater collaborations. Damn. And it's also the first of, I think, six or eight i can't remember um ethan hawk vincent d'onofrio collaborations really yeah oh. you know what i was thinking about hmm. criminal intent because uh-huh. Catherine irby was in uh yes did we talk about this already i mean i brought it up Catherine irby <laughs> co-star of yeah. criminal intent yeah yeah okay whatever i had to explain to you that she was vincent d'onofrio's partner like, we did a whole thing where i told you about this and did we talk about Newton Boys as well? Uh, I think I said that Vincent D'Onofrio was in a lot of things with Ethan Hawke later on. Okay, fine. And I pointed well, out the go. several that he's done in recent years, such as The Magnificent Seven, The Kid, mm. and uh, another cowboy one. They do a lot of cowboy movies yeah, together. Wow. They like being cowboys, those I two. They like hang out and like ride horses. I think they do. <laughs> I would fun. believe that about them. Aren't they like New Yorkers though? Can, can but you they're really like Texans. They're New, New York? Yorkers from Texas oh. originally. Well, I don't know about Vincent D'Onofrio, but I kind of get that feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's you a know. natural. Yeah. Well, Ethan Hawke is definitely from Texas. Matthew McConaughey, who also stars in this film, Very definitely Texas. from Texas. Richard Linklater, definitely from Texas. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know Matthew about McConaughey Skeet. is from. It's beautiful. We don't need to know anything. <laughs> Matthew he's... McConaughey is from Ulvdale. Or whatever the name of the Texas town. Oh, the town is. where they're oh, from. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's actually from there. That's amazing. Yeah. You did your research. Thank you. Yeah, it was like the first thing it said on Wikipedia. <laughs> so there you go. Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey. Wow. I wonder if that was like purposeful casting. Or if he was like, oh, really? You're from here? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, Richard Linklater had worked before with Matthew McConaughey already. Mm-hmm. All right, so all right, all right. just wanted him right. back for... Yeah. Old time's sake. Mm-hmm. Just so that we all know, Skeet was born in... What is... Is it Ulrich or Ulrich? I go back and forth because I'm also not sure. I feel like I need to look it up because I'm concerned about saying the wrong one <laughs> or alternating. 
You just call him Skeet U. Yes, Skeet U. SP. SP Jones. His real name is Brian. Yes, I was talking to someone about this recently. And Skeet was the nickname given to him by his, like, Little League coach. Wow. And you take it to Hollywood. That's amazing. I mean, it's better than Brian Ray Trout. What? (laughs) His last name isn't even Ulrich? No, I guess he took that on, too. That's crazy. Oh, it's his stepfather's name. He took his stepfather's name. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, and he was born in Lynchburg, Virginia. So he's a southern boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's from down south. Oh, and I think I it's important to say the reason why we all know and love Skeet is from Riverdale. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I thought of Nicole for this episode, because we have we have weekly Riverdale viewings <laughs> when it's in season. Yeah. Well, um, and Scream. And Scream, which but I actually... Riverdale have not seen all the way through ever really i know i felt like i had to watch it before we recorded this episode but i didn't have time there were a few things that i felt like i wanted to watch before we all got here but but you did but i didn't now kaylee's gonna know that i haven't seen scream all the way through i'm so nervous about that i'm gonna have to watch it in the next month so i can defend myself is scream the one with uh Who's in that? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore and the right? phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. The masks. Yeah. Like I know a lot about it. There are a lot of iconic tropes from mm-hmm. that movie, but yeah, like all the scary movies. By the Wayans yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that recently. The uh, turn up dead thing. Do you mm-hmm. remember that from the from the scary movie thing? It was mm-hmm. like, he turned up dead. He's like, he can't turn up dead. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Those movies. Or he woke so up good. dead. He it was he woke up dead and then he turned up missing. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wake up, Dave. Okay. I found a YouTube video that's called How to Pronounce Skeet Ulrich. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm going to play it right now. Bump that shit. <laughs> I hope they do interchange. Skeet Ulrich or Ulrich. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's so not helpful at all. Oh, my God. So even... <laughs> Hold on, I'm an Asian person. Oh my god! We just got to get him on the show. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I found another website called RightPronunciation.com. Also, Skeet, we love you. Come on the show. Um, okay. There's a both. Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich. Okay. Now we know. I think there's a lot of names that just get anglicized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times people will just take on I mean, it's probably like Ulrich originally. Right, yeah. I feel like a lot of people just take on whichever one they hear more. You know what I mean? It's kind of how it is for me because you could definitely pronounce it with more of a flavor. Oh, Zabaleta. Yeah, but I just do like the most anglicized way to pronounce it. Can you pronounce it with more of a spice right now (laughs) for us? It'd be like, you know, Zabaleta. I, was Ooh, I love channel. the B, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to channel my uh, my Spanish teacher from um, from high school, Mr. Garcia Fentez. He was a very beautiful man who I, I think he had, like had to leave the country. Oh no! He got deported. Oh no! I know he he would go back and forth from Spain to mm. to LA and like teach. He would teach Spanish here. And English in Spain. And a lot of people say that Spanish, 
But English is like the hardest language because of how many different rules they have. Uh-huh. I asked him once, like what he thought was harder to teach. He actually said Spanish was harder to teach. See? So it's interesting. Which, yeah, made See? me feel better about not being able to. Same. Yeah. Same. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But he was a very handsome man. <laughs> but he just couldn't control the class. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which is unfortunate. That's, that's kind like of a skill two, you need as a teacher of high school students. There yes. were these two, like, girls like i was sitting down these two girls were like fighting over me uh-huh. and i was sitting next to my friend and they, they, the two of them were basically like fighting over us and they were like pretty like big you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. were like tough girls tough, yeah <laughs> yeah and they were like fighting over each other and then my friend and i just looked at each other like oh okay <laughs> so yeah god yeah it's not really related no but i was that's who i was channeling when i pronounced it that way mm-hmm. nice Okay, so we're talking about the Newton boys. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need to learn how to do segues. No. No? No. I just need to sigh deeply and say, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I, I like heard first... a really good one today. I wish I could remember what it was, but I was <laughs> listening to something and I was like, that's the smoothest transition I've ever heard in my life. It doesn't even make any sense. It was something about maybe the Maltese Falcon or about 500 Days of Summer, but I can't remember because those are the two podcasts I was listening to. Uh, my the Thursday Mal- podcasts are Unspooled, in which they were talking about the Maltese Falcon today, and the rom-com effect, and they were talking about 500 Days of Summer. That'd be a crazy mashup. Yeah. yeah. Maltese. That's yeah, Humphrey days Bogart of- as Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> the transition from one movie into the next. I thought it was like they're compare. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just just living. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of living, you know who lived life to the fullest? The Newton, Newton boys. boys. <laughs> so this is a movie about four brothers that became the most successful bank robbers in the history of the United States, according to the film. Yeah. So it starts the way that the movie opens. It has like a little jaunty saloon number, which mm-hmm. I really liked. And the title sequence is all like sepia tone, like slides of yeah, all the yeah. all the actors. And then um, the additional titles are just on title cards that have a really you know Western old timey font. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. That was a, a nice introduction to the movie. Like you knew what you were gonna get out of this movie mm-hmm. f- yeah. from the way it opened. Yeah, I yelled in my notes, "What a fun opening!" <laughs> It was so fun. It was so fun. Um, and then it cuts to Ethan Hawke and Skeet Ulrich on horses, and I wrote down eyes emoji. You know, those eyes, like, the- <laughs> you know, the eyes. Did you write out I just wrote, I wrote out emoji? eyes emoji. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't typing my notes, so I couldn't. Oh, I thought maybe you, like, drew it. Oh, yeah. no, I, I didn't trust myself to be that good, but I knew what I meant, but I put writing eyes emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a very difficult thing to draw, but in the moment I was... Yeah, yeah. No, I You know, it. I'm taking quick notes, you know. Like the two big eyes, and then, like, kind of, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I did that in the studio, but you guys can't see that <laughs> through the... The, the earbuds that you're using right what, now. What? Um, that's who they open with? The two of them? Yeah, that's what, after the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So they're riding horses. They're, like, breaking some wild stallions <laughs> yeah, or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke was 
I wrote, why the fuck he bite horse's ear? I know. That was oh, so yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I had to rewind it because I was like, maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. Didn't. No. Yeah. And then he let Skeet just go gallop off. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then Matthew McConaughey strolls up. He's like yep. walking down the long country road to the <laughs> to the ranch, and um, and he meets up with them, and he is their brother. So Matthew McConaughey, Ethan Hawke, and Skeet Ulrich are. <laughs> I did it. Check. Just call Brian. No, <laughs> I will not call him Brian. That's rude. The audacity. This is dead name. Um, so. They're brothers, and they have a fourth brother, Doc, who is still in prison. Matthew McConaughey just got out of prison, and before that he was in the war, so they haven't seen him for a while. Um, but they also have another brother named Doc, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who is still in prison. It's a lot of exposition that I wasn't really yeah. up on. Yeah. <laughs> you had to really be quick and also have read the synopsis beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And also understand their country accents. Yeah, because yeah. I thought they said paw in the beginning. And when they said dot, and I was like, oh, okay, random. And they never introduced a dad mm-hmm. until Vincent D'Onofrio got out of jail. And I was like, oh, I just can't hear or listen. Mm-hmm. That's well, I thought they said Paul several times. <laughs> and it did, it did not sound like... <laughs> no, it must have been Pa. No, they must have just not introduced him because later on, they there are several references to someone who I thought was Paul. <laughs> it's like a phantom character the whole time. We just didn't know. Paul. Yeah, so Pa, probably. Um, but But there was also Doc, which I don't think they're the same character because the line that I specifically heard that whatever they said was uh, this person has been doing this clean living routine. It's rubbing off on the kid about Skeet, you know, because he was kind of, mm-hmm. he didn't want to do any crime. Yeah. yeah. So so I think maybe maybe there is a, a paw that we don't see. Okay, yeah, because now I'm remembering, too, after they said that, they are like, oh, he's been good. I haven't seen him for a, a while or, like, a couple days. I don't know, something where it wasn't like he was in prison for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not, though. Maybe I need to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I one note that I had, and maybe it's just because I'm really familiar with all four of these actors, but um, I thought that usually I think a lot of white men look similar, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they somehow found four white men that don't look anything alike and called them brothers. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that was wild. Like, I guess I could see Matthew McConaughey and Ethan Hawke, maybe, and then Vincent D'Onofrio and Skeet Ulrich being, like, those two sets as brothers, mm-hmm. but all four of them as brothers could not make sense to me visually. Yeah, that's true, because I have four cousins, all siblings, two guys, two girls, and the eldest boy and eldest girl both have, like, brown hair, mm-hmm. brown eyes, like, well, blue eyes, but... Um, and then the other two are blonde and, like, similar traits. Mm. So hmm. maybe that's what they were going for. But then they all still look like siblings when you yeah. put them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just feel, yeah, I don't know. Just couldn't see it. But it's fine. I was able to suspend disbelief in this this old Western movie. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, they were so fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a good cast. Mm-hmm. It was a fun, a fun crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Matthew McConaughey, does anyone else want to, Jonathan, you want to hop in? Oh. Did you take notes? Sorry. I uh, I took some notes. Mm-hmm. I took a note where the first note I took was when Ethan Hawke catcalled someone from a Studebaker. Because mm. they're driving around Omaha. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yes. No, the, but sure. They're driving around <laughs> Omaha in the uh, the convertible. Uh-huh. And then Ethan Hawke is, like, yelling out to someone. There's a couple walking together, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, something like, leave her and come with, leave it, him. Wait, uh, I wrote it, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes, hello, hello, darling. Say goodbye to daddy there and say hello to me. Yeah. It was like, wow. <laughs> Forward. Stay woke. But it was fun. Ethan Hawke had me laughing so much. I was like, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, no, he was a real player in this one. Yeah, yeah, usually he's like nice and like mm-hmm. dad, or like nice man who wants to. Take oh, care we didn't of ask you. you. Yes. What is your relationship with Ethan Hawke? That's I was so confused at the top of this episode because I felt like I was missing something, and that's <laughs> what it was. What ha, what Ethan Hawke movies have you seen? Like, what is your reference? Gattaca point for him? is mm-hmm. my biggest one because okay. my sister and I, for some reason, had it on DVD and would watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but also, Dead Poet Society. Duh. Um, Oh, that's interesting, because he's not a dad in either of those. And yeah, that's... well, because I think of Boyhood. I haven't oh, actually okay. seen it, but mm-hmm. I know enough about it that it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, he, he would be a great dad. Mm-hmm. But And he is to Maya Hawk. Maya, we love you. Come on the show. Um, yeah, those are the big two. Because I know mm-hmm. I see him in, like, everything, but I don't retain Mm-hmm. You know, he's one Have you of seen those, those before the the before movies? I have no. Mm. Wow. That's fun. You should watch the the first one and then listen to our episode that comes out next week. Oh, yeah. I will then. Yeah. But I gotta write that down. <laughs> <laughs> or you could listen to it then watch it. Either way, it's it was kind it's of not a, really a hard yeah e movie yeah it was it was kind of a hard movie to talk about because there's not a lot of plot yeah mm. but I did like it a lot. I liked it more this time, maybe, than the first time I watched it. I don't know. I've just really grown to appreciate Ethan Hawke in the process of doing this show. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the point of the show, right? Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah, the I point of the show is out. learning to love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To... <laughs> We're like, trapped yeah. in this relationship with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah, learning to love Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I'm down. Cool. seems so nice. Yeah. Because, you know, he's got, like, one of those kind faces. Where he like, does. It's true. It's he, true. And he'd help me with my car if it was on fire. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Well, I mean, maybe if it was on fire, he'd just, like, drive you somewhere <laughs> safer. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. But, like, if you were on the side of the road, then maybe he'd, like, you know, help you with your tire or something. Yeah. 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 Watch him just be a complete... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, he's a very nice man, I'm sure. Well, we'll have to find out when <laughs> yeah, we, have, when him we have him on the show one day in uh, two years. Yeah. I think we could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Matthew McConaughey meets up with some guys to rob a bank. And they do it during in the day daylight. on yeah. horseback. 
Yeah, like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, and so they get chased by some guys in a car. Yeah, and yeah. they get away without very much profit because only one of one of them gets arrested. The yeah. other and Matthew McConaughey and then the other guy get away, but Matthew McConaughey loses his money, so the only money left is from the other guy, and also mostly what he got was like bonds. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. And what was wild was I forgot there was a time where people still rode horses all the time and had cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that transition was like, period in the 20s. What on earth? Yeah, I, th- I think I thought this movie took place before it did because the beginning, yes. it opens, it's all horse content. Mm-hmm. And then you see the car come up. You're like, oh, all right, we got Love cars Love that now. horse content. Yeah. Because he's, like, breaking a horse and he wants to be a cowboy. I'm like, all right, this is, like, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then they got, like, full-blown cars. And you're like, a car? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then I had to Google everything again. And then they get to the city. I'm like, oh, they got trains, they got- <laughs> too. So we're, we're moving along. Mm-hmm. Like those, you know, those trains that... Subways. <laughs> in Chicago. Aren't they in uh, Chicago? Like, monorail... Yes. Like, no, or, not monorail, no like I know, train, but yeah, 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 yeah. Above ground, light rail, light rail, light yeah. rail. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good episode of Train Talk. Yeah, I love trains. Me too. Remember that train store up Sepulveda? That train store up Sepulveda. Sepulveda and what? Sepulveda and by Fischel. Up, oh. up towards Toys R Us. Oh, you know what? I don't think I ever. uh, It's the camera store now, right? (laughs) Yes, I mean, damn. It's it's a camera store. Yeah, camera now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I ever went there, but I feel like someone told me that it. There's a train store. There was a train store. The outside looked like yeah. Uh, The outside looked like a train station when you walked in, like around the like you know the top where the walls meet the ceiling, whatever that's called. Um... (laughs) They had, yeah, model trains that would go around. So you were like, what is this place? And they closed it down. so fun. Or they moved it, and then the old place caught on fire. Insurance. Um, (laughs) No, I'm not really sure that that's, you know. Well, insurance is a big part of the Newton voice. That's true. Wow. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) No, but, (laughs) yeah. And then the train store closed down because, you know, not high demand for model trains and West Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. that place was magic. That's so cool. When I was a kid, my parents took me to a train hotel. I think maybe the, like, the <gasps> pool was shaped like a train and everything was kind of train themed. Have you been to that train restaurant that was by that cowboy restaurant that we were at? Isn't that There's just a tra- like a Barney's Beanery, like the uh, West Hollywood Barney's Beanery? Oh, really? It's it just a Barney's Beanery? Be, but yeah, when I was driving by to find parking, I went, what is that? And then kept going and forgot to look it up. Is, yeah, is that I think coffee? it's. I think it. No, no, no. It's not coffee. It's Barney's Beanery. It's a. It's just a restaurant. A small a restaurant? Los Angeles chain. I thought it was um, coffee. Every time I heard Barney's Beanery. No, we should sense. go sometime. They have this drink called the Cucumber Slumber. That's like my favorite drink ever. It's just like dinery food. Yeah, but, but like, but little, no, it's like kind of like different. bar. It's like a, a bar American vibe. Gas, no, not it's not a gastropub. It's like kind of. It's like, it's. Not diner food, but it's no, it's not quite diner food. Yeah, it's it's like American American bar bar food, but it's not a gastropub. Burgers because it's not like bougie. They got burgers. They have chili. Chili. They have they have a really big menu. They have like breakfast food. Yeah. They have it's diner adjacent, but it's not quite diner food. Yeah. 
I would, yeah, we gotta go sometime. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I thought and they it have was cool coffee. like pictures on the tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, records and, yeah, like a lot of like cut out like magazine pictures, decor. and so like you like try to find all the presidents on the table yeah. is what we do, mm-hmm. and also like ooh look it's Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill, you know. It's uh-huh. it's a lot of that period of time is mm-hmm. in the tables. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. We yeah. gotta go to the train one then, if that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't I, know. I've I never been know. to that one. We go to the one in Westwood. Yeah. It's pretty big, too. Yeah, that one's nice. And there's so many TVs, because it's like a sports bar, kind of, yeah. also. It's it's a lot of <laughs> things, bar, but none of them. A diner, not a gastropub. Yeah. yeah. Booze. Yeah, oh, I, think they have, I think they have open mic or karaoke one night a week or something. They have a lot going on. That's psychotic. Do they don't need that. Yeah, I don't know, but it's Westwood. I don't feel like Westwood has like a karaoke spot. Uh, oh, Westwood Village. Westwood yeah. Village. Do they need a karaoke spot? My phone, yeah. Sorry, my phone just had the audacity to disable itself for five minutes. Oh. I have not even touched it. Anyway. Why does it do that? Disrespect. I know. I just wanted to Google that Barney's Beanery isn't a coffee place. You don't now trust us? No, I trust you. Well, I mean, we you are, to be fair, we are giving there. you a lot of like conflicting information. <laughs> well, it does sound like we just made this up right now. I was like, it's a diner. She's like, it's not a diner. I'm like, gastropub, not a gastropub. <laughs> so we're just making it up. Yeah. I swear, if I Google it later and it's a coffee place, <laughs> I'm coming straight back <laughs> down here. <laughs> uh, I guess I gotta wait. No, I just really wanted to see pictures after you're describing it. <laughs> sounds magic. I'm sure your phone will reactivate soon. rough <laughs> speaking of rough <laughs> yeah so i was we were watching the movie and this woman came on screen and i was like is that nancy spongen from sid and nancy and it was it's a good movie yeah they're kind of rough in that movie um yeah chloe rough. webb it's chloe webb she plays avis in this movie and nancy spongen in sid and nancy. that's why she looked familiar mm-hmm. yeah and she had that same the same bleach blonde hair too yep. That's yeah, fun. I really like that movie. It's good, yeah. We watched that in a, a film class in college that was like rock and roll cinema. Ooh. It Just was the, like one of the easiest classes I've ever taken. It was so fun. That sounds like a good class. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. I know you're taunting me <sighs> right now. Why am I taunting you? You always taunt me. Yeah, because you're always like, Just a shot away. Like every time I listen to that song, you're like, just I stopped doing it. Away. I stopped doing it. It's over there's some commercial that says something that's really close to just a shot away. And so the first time I heard, I saw the commercial, I did it. But then I stopped after that because the thing that we're alluding to is that <laughs> there's a movie, Give Me Shelter. Yes. Which is, are you, have you seen it? The Rolling the, Stones, uh, Altamont Speedway, whatever. Oh no, I haven't. Okay, but so I've the Rolling Stones it. have a concert, and then someone gets shot at the concert. Yes. And then this song, Kimmy Shelter, has the lyric, Just a Shot Away. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the movie, the professor goes, Just a shot away. Just oh a shot away. And then Harper just references it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was just no, such okay. a remarkable moment when she walked out on stage. Because it, it was a big lecture. Yeah, like, like in size. a theater, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. 
she walks out on stage and she's like this like cool old like rock and roll lady her hair her hair is real long wear, like, all of her pants like, were like flare pants or blather or and she always had cool boots on yeah you know she was in like i imagine she would wear fringe thing like tops a lot you know i don't know she was just pretty wild uh-huh. and so she walks out and she just starts like slowly shaking her head and she's like talking about the movie and she says wow just a shot away oh yeah yeah um <laughs> so yeah i'll never forget that and i'll never let jonathan forget it either oh that's good though yeah that one's a good one you know who else was in this movie that i thought was really cool was juliana margulies i <laughs> did not know that she was going to be in this movie and all of a sudden she was the shop girl at the hotel mm-hmm. and i was so happy because i love her so much i uh this is the second good wife actor yeah josh because josh charles. charles yeah you did it i did it i got it yeah josh charles was in dead poet society yeah and now juliana Margulies, the lead of the good wife alicia herself uh is is in this movie and it's so fun and i felt like she had a lot of scenes that uh where i could really see that her acting style come through you know scenes that i felt almost paralleled scenes in the good wife mm-hmm. um or scenes in er uh where i had seen her before um betrayal what's that no i'm saying like she's she's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. expressing yes, being yes, yes. betrayed yes in the good wife because oh, yeah. her da husband cheats on her mm-hmm. yeah you you paid attention and in this and this uh film mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. she expresses outrage mm-hmm. that he is not who he says he is yes matthew mcconaughey specifically betrayed. yes so yeah, Matthew McConaughey plays uh, Willis Newton, and he tells her that his name is Willis Reed, uh, and that he's an oil man. Yep. But really, he's out there robbing banks. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's just so charming that she can't say no. Well, yeah, I straight up wrote. Also, I usually want to punch out Matthew McConaughey, but why he charming me in this? <laughs> But then later in my notes, too, towards the end, I was like, okay, just kidding. I'm over it. He pisses me off again. Because <laughs> I think it was after, yeah, she was getting upset with all his lies. Mm-hmm. And no, I won't do it again. I won't bank rob again. And then it's like he goes and does it, like, right after they, they finish talking. Mm-hmm. Like, true. come on, man. She's too good for you. <laughs> What's your beef with uh, with with? the mac um because he keeps getting older and they stay the same age <laughs> i don't know like uh, i don't know he's just got a punch in face i don't really have any like real problems yeah, yeah, with yeah, him yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. but he's one of those where you're like oh he's in it for no reason though mm-hmm. yeah what like what is your i guess what is your frame of reference for matthew mcconaughey then like have you what is it that you only saw the wedding planner and how to lose a guy in 10 days and you're like <laughs> this guy okay that's fair i have seen those <laughs> and those have contributed to how i feel and mm-hmm. was he also oh, failure, failure to, to launch, launch. yeah yep. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's i think um, that's the most damning one of those three it really is yeah it 
Yeah, I think honestly that probably scarred me. I just had no problem with him. I don't know if I even saw it, but I remember that trailer so vividly. Like, they're out on that uh, boat, and then the parents, and then she finds out. Is it Sarah Jessica Parker in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, and then she... I really haven't seen this movie, but I remember the trailer so much. Because <laughs> it must have been on, like, the top of a DVD that I watched a lot or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember the poster was, like... Him leaning and she's like pushing him mm-hmm. on like a light blue background. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's burned in Whoa. my brain. Whoa, crazy. Yeah, that movie's upsetting, but <laughs> I mean, he's got cute kids and he seems really nice. Also, mm-hmm. so I just wish he didn't do that like chunk of movies. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think my frame of reference for it's later McConaughey, mostly the McConaughey, as yeah. they call it. Um. So, like, Dallas Buyers Club? I didn't see that one. You didn't see that? <laughs> the Lincoln commercials. That's what I think of. <laughs> what has he been in The recently? commercials for True Detective. Yeah. Because uh, you didn't watch True Detective, right? No. We have it on DVD right here. He drives right up here, to a bowl, but... and he's like, uh, different road, man. And he turns yeah. around. Uh-huh. Um, in, I can't believe you never saw But I didn't really it. like oh. that movie. Uh-huh. But he was good in it. <laughs> he was good in it. Yeah. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. Yeah. He has that, you know, he has, he, well, he basically always acts the same in all of his movies. Yeah. But know? he's cast intentionally. Yeah. I feel. But he does a good job. Yeah. Well, I do think that Dallas Buyers Club was kind of a different role for him. Mm. And I would recommend watching it. I think that it kind of got a lot of flack for, not like, un- for fair reasons, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but... I, I think it was a good performance from him, and I think it was actually a pretty good movie. I'm going to Google what Matthew McConaughey has been in. And I've seen, uh, um, you know, Days and Confused. Thing oh. Reference go there. When did you watch that? You made me. Oh. I made you. <laughs> no, I mean, you you selected it for I'm going to tell our friend oh. Rick that I made you watch Days and Confused. I didn't totally connect with it, but I do love Rick. Mm-hmm. We love Rick. Rick, we love you. Come on the show. He does no social media. He, there's no way he'll ever know that we exist unless we like run into him. The yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got to get in there. Uh, who doesn't have an, someone? Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have an agent. And Bill Murray. Bill Murray, like he has like a cell phone that only a few people have the number of. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have an agent. But that's what I read. That's why he didn't have an Oscar for so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, he should be out there okay. working. <laughs> Bernie. Bernie. Um, oh, this, Bernie was good. Yeah. That was a good movie. The Bernie Sanders story. <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. That's a, Okay, I did think of that in this, because there's a scene earlier on where he's they're having dinner. And he's telling Skeet, like, you ever seen a steak this big? He's like, I yeah. done gone, never seen a steak this big. <laughs> um, that was a pretty good McConaughey. <laughs> it was better than your earlier Texan voice. <laughs> I'm getting into the groove. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, though. Yeah. I'm starting to sweat. Ooh, when these um, hot California nights. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he's like pitching him robbing a bank to him, and it made me think of Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. We're just talking about like what it's like to be, I don't know, whatever that nonsense that he's telling Leonardo DiCaprio in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You remember yeah. that? And he's like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, classic. Classic. That trailer. Another trailer of Matthew McConaughey's. I really remember. Oh, what is that song? Oh, it's the uh, Black Skinhead, isn't it? Yeah. That was yeah. a good trailer. Dun, that dun, movie dun, was dun, so dun. long, though. Ow, ow, I had to pee. Ow, ow, ow. By the time it was one of those movies it that had really like long movie. multiple spots where you're like, oh, this is where it's gonna end. Yeah. Uh, and then like it had about back. ten times yeah. where I thought it was gonna end. And it's like and when you have to pee. Not yeah, because you just you just keep putting it off. Yeah, because like if I had gone earlier, like would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, during that scene where they did drugs on the plane, you could have gone. Yeah. <laughs> Get the loots. Yeah. So. Matthew McConaughey meets up with that other guy that was not caught in their original bank robbery. And they decide that they are going to start robbing banks, but at nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. that they won't get caught. <laughs> and they also, so they meet up with a banker who agrees to like open up an account for them in exchange for them not robbing him, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he provides them a list of other banks that he knows of that have square banks vault doors right which is important because that's a kind of vault that can be broken into using nitroglycerin yeah um but other vault doors cannot be broken into the same way and this is important later on right yes yes it's goddamn canadians yeah speaking of nitroglycerin um there's that scene (laughs) earlier in the movie where nancy is like Sorry, not Nancy. Avis. Yes, her name is Avis. She Avis. plays Nancy. They're talking dungeon. about where they keep the night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you yeah, think yeah, that yeah. meant? Yeah, okay. We, we had different we ideas about that. I don't even know, and I just managed to move past it because I was like, <laughs> "What?" Yeah. Like the whole I don't I don't know what that scene was even for. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because she thought like she was like, is I this thought like it was a like a sex, sex thing? thing. Like, yeah, what is the sex thing you do with nitroglycerin? Yeah, I don't think you should probably put nitroglycerin yeah. anywhere. Because they said under the bed, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my assumption was that it meant that he was saying he was making a joke that like if she wanted to kill him in his sleep, it would be easy because oh. the nitroglycerin's under the bed. That's what I thought it meant. Hmm. You know, like uh, what's that movie? Fatal Misery? Attraction. What's that one with the ice pick <laughs> under the bed at the end? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't. No. Spoiler alert for the movie that I can't remember the title <laughs> of or anyone who's in it. I'm confusing. There's two movies, Fatal Attraction and there's one that's kind of like it. <laughs> I just Googled nitroglycerin oh, sex. Okay. Is it a is sex it a, thing? Yeah. Is it a thing? Dynamite sex. Oh, Erectile wow. dysfunction <laughs> gel containing explosive nitroglycerin <gasps> works 12 times faster than Viagra. What? Maybe it was an old-timey Viagra. Wow. Equivalent. That's bonkers. What do you do? You rub it on your peen? <laughs> Does it burn? I what don't exactly know. is nitroglycerin? I don't really know. I was just like, it's expl- like it can be used to blow stuff up. So I presume you wouldn't want it on your, on your privates. But also, he but just kept it in his briefcase too. Mm-hmm. But in like a but- bottle. Yeah. yeah like, well, yeah. I mean, like, bottles can break. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I could get that for you. Just like right in my purse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's ready to rob a bank at any time, yeah, or to true. do weird sex things with it at any time. You know. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, the more you know. So I guess. It's yeah, sex there are thing. several things that say nitroglycerin for erectile dysfunction here. That's so crazy. Anything from um uh, 
Cosmopop. Also for blood pressure. What? What do you do with it? It's just in the medication. I don't know. Do you drink it? Well, no, it's probably in a pill. Like it's probably like uh, somehow, yeah. So the the chemical compounds that are nitroglycerin are probably make up some aspect. I don't know. I haven't done my research. I literally just googled this right now. Cool. All right. But so you're probably right. Sex. <laughs> yeah, and it also says it can treat pain caused by tears in the skin or in the opening for bowel movements. Hmm. <laughs> for anal fissures. <laughs> yeah. That is Google. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, and chest pain. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Oh, you said and it says. I thought you said Anna says. Like you no. asked a friend named Anna. <laughs> no, who's Anna. An expert My friend on- Anna knows <laughs> all about anal fissures and <laughs> nitroglycerin. <laughs> That's her expertise. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, just, uh, yeah. I need to not slur. No, no, it's, no, it's so okay. much. I, I know what you said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel called out. So they're going to wait until harvest season uh, to rob the banks because then the vaults will be full because they're in kind of, you know, a rural part of, of the country right. where there are a lot of farmers. Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The bank vaults the, will be full. The, the great turkey puts all of his money in the bank yeah. on Thanksgiving. No. Um, so in the, in the meantime, they need to, you know, build a crew because they need some guys to be on the lookout for them while they're they're robbing the vaults and matthew mcgonagh is like i know some guys so then he calls his brothers ethan and skeet and has them uh meet them in omaha which is where they are so they were originally in texas but now they're in omaha yeah um and my next note just says cute yellow car yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the studebaker that drive around in when he can't call someone oh okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was like way later i, I was just confused right. that was my first note <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I had a whole page of notes before that. I know. I didn't do yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's right here. LOL. Ethan Hawk is great. Dat confidence, though, with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets, like, slapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, later, later. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, I also wrote down, he's smooth talking because he's talking to these two girls on the sidewalk, and he says, yes. oh, you're a manicurist? How are these? And, like, shows her her nails. It was a real flirty move. Mm, I, it sure like, was. And he's like, yeah, they're bad, huh? And yeah, I'm she's like, like, you need to come in sometime. And I was like, mm, I bet he does. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have dinner together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all going to go to dinner, and they bring the girls along with them. And then... Matthew McConaughey at this dinner is trying to talk Skeet into the... I'm sorry. I should use... Should I really use their real names? I wrote them down, but I didn't know all their names until later. So, Doc is Vincent D'Onofrio. Willis is Matthew McConaughey. Jess, I'm just going to say, his name has been Jesse before. Yeah. He is Ethan Hawke. And Joe is Skeet. His name was Jess the whole time? His name was Jess the whole time, not Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) wow what did you think it i don't know what do you think it should be Mm. bucky (laughs) i can't imagine that i think i think ethan hawk should always just play a guy named jess or jesse what is this character in uh first reformed it's like ernst or something oh maybe or what about what are some other movies? I literally just typed in F.I. and then First Reformed Ethan Hawke came up <gasps> in my Google search. That's scary. 
Well, I'd search a lot of things, Ethan Hawke things. Um, oh, his name's, oh, just Toller. He's like Rob Ford and Toller. I don't think he's a first, I don't know if he's a, oh. He's got to have a first name. Blank. You might be right. Just it might be like blank. Ernst. Blank. Blank. <laughs> yeah. Reverend Ernst Toller. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. What other names has he had in the movies we've seen so far? Todd and Tom. Todd and Tom. And um, what was his character in White Fang? Jack or something? Jack London? <laughs> Jack London. Crawl of the Wild? Um, what about in Great Expectations? Oh, it was Finn. Finn. Right? Finn feels right. Yeah. He can he can only have one syllable names. Jess, Finn, Tom. How about in Gattaca? Todd. Or Jerome. Well, that's uh, what Jerome, he went by, though. Yeah, Jerome. He was Vincent. Vincent, Jerome. Jerome. I gotta stop singing that song. Yeah. Oh, who was he in, um, Roger? He was Roger in Search and Destroy. Oh, yeah, well, that was minor role. Yeah, but still. It was in Texas. He's yeah. basically playing the same character, Jimmy, in uh, Floundering. I was thinking, what if this was a sequel to White Fang? This is who he grew up to be. Mm. I kind of doubt the time. Well, we watched we watched the sequel to White Fang. Yeah, but that doesn't follow him. <laughs> this is what he's doing. Well, no, but he was. We know that he was in San Francisco, like fixing up the. <laughs> hop on a plane. What's the big deal? In like nineteen fifteen, <laughs> just hop on a plane. Yeah, hop on a train back to the old west mm-hmm. in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, that I guess isn't the old west anymore, but like cities and cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Troy. We didn't say Troy. Oh, yeah, yeah. True. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Seems unnecessary. I'm just having a hard time. I have so many notes from his movies now. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Do you know about this uh, 13-year-old ASMR girl who left YouTube because they were taking down her videos because they were too sexual and they were trying to protect, like, you know, her from pedophiles, but she was mad they were taking down her videos? What? Yeah, because all of her ASMR is, like, her chewing on things. And so they were like, some of this is a little too sexual, so we got to take it down to, you know, because there are too many pedophiles watching this shit. Oh, no. Yeah. It was, like, the whole story was upsetting, like, start to finish. Like, first off, she's, like, just chewing on things all the time, <laughs> which is upsetting. But, yeah. you know. Also the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> also every single thing about it. <laughs> and, you know, she can't follow her YouTube dreams anymore. Yeah. She's got to think of something else. That's yeah. so gross. She'll have to chew on things on TikTok. It <laughs> <laughs> proves there, too. Gotta be, right? I guess. I don't know. What? They're pervs on TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just a statement. <laughs> Just a statement. Because she had to take... They took down... YouTube oh, yeah, yeah, TikTok. yeah. She told yeah. me, yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I guess that's weird. What about, what YouTube I? is a crazy place. Yeah. There's a lot of fucked up shit on YouTube. Because it's like the YouTube kids... I read this article about YouTube kids, which is like, you know, for the chitlins. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It's really easy to like get a video on there where you that isn't like for kids. So you'll take like it's like because a lot of time parents will just put their kids in front of like a Peppa Pig like YouTube playlist. And then the YouTube like once the video is done, the next Peppa Pig will come up 
they're just kids will just watch these videos but sometimes the algorithms like will pick a video that's like not like normal mm-hmm. it's like peppa pig and then like something like disturbing will happen not like one of those like ones where you know those like old internet things where like an image flashes up while you're trying to do a puzzle yeah. or whatever. <laughs> not like one of those but like something that's like more subtly disturbing like you know peppa pig like losing its fingers or something like that like some like something that where it's like if the parent looks at it and they're not really paying attention they might not know uh-huh. that something fucked up is happening suddenly disturbing <laughs> yeah oh, this can be my new business card suddenly disturbing Su- subtly oh subtly, subtly disturbing yeah, yeah. Subtly disturbing. i gotta listen better yeah <laughs> sorry should i talk like this we <laughs> no i mumble a lot too so i, I get it and I like slur and it's just, uh, you know, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, no, I I never had the greatest hearing. So. That's true. You had a hearing aid. I did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when I was a little kid. But I don't think I, I remember, I, I remember the doctor's office very vividly because I think it was like next to the Vons. <laughs> Those Vons? Yeah. What? I remember being nearby, which makes absolutely no sense. But um, they would put headphones on you. And oh, then, you should do that left-right test. Yeah, and then they do, like, the beeps, and you have to, like, choose where they're coming from. Those stress me out so much because I was so sure that I was doing it wrong every time. I get very stressed out about any kind of test, including medical yeah. tests. I don't think I really needed hearing aids, but... Mm-hmm. But anyway, and I just remember there being a Mr. Potato head toy there, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is very fun. I remember, I remember doctor's offices, like, toys very vividly. There was one in my pediatrician's. It was, like, a men in black toy it was like a warehouse and you push the button and the monster like pops out of the warehouse like the alien pops out of the mm-hmm. warehouse a lot of good stuff it, speaking of men in black vincent nofrio oh. edgar yeah. boom and he's in this movie <laughs> <Did> connection <laughs> no but really i like religiously in our house we refer to him as edgar even criminal intent my mom and dad love that show so mm-hmm. anytime we're like you watching edgar again <laughs> and that's really unfortunate because he's terrifying in men in black yeah he was he does a very good job i've seen it but i but can't first, remember it's like at Dude. the very end i forget like who and like what but at the end he like kind of like distorts and turns into a big scary alien and yeah. it's really forever yeah, yeah, just yeah. he's like this mm-hmm. like, Yes. Which one has Rosario Dawson? The second one. Men in okay, Black so 2. that one I've seen way more, and also Men in Black Three. I've seen two and three. What? A, a number. Well, I've because every time I go over to his mom's house, somehow Men in Black Three is on. <laughs> so I've watched it like three times. <laughs> Listen, take it up with Directv. <laughs> and Men in Black Two, I think I caught on TV quite a bit, but yeah. then Men in Black One. Yeah, Men in Black One. Very little knowledge of is the main. Thing. Oh, yeah, and no. You know, the what's his face? Will Smith's journey to becoming yeah Agent J. Yeah, so like Tessa Thompson, but before Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I heard that wasn't very good. Oh, I don't know. That's too bad. I thought it looked fun because I like Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth together from the yeah, but Thor movies. I don't know. Okay. Someone was, <laughs> whatever. Go on. Anyway, whatever. Vincent D'Onofrio, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, so, okay, so they go to rob a bank, and the they use nitric acid to blow, to blow the vault. 
and it works and it's fine and it, it blows off like really dramatically though and so there's a lot of conversation about how dangerous it is which i really thought that was like setting it up for a later uh, scene where one of them was going to die in the check off mm, nitroglycerin yeah. yeah like why would you why would you spend three minutes talking about how dangerous this process <laughs> is if it's not going to pay off like that <laughs> That's but a good point anyway so then and especially clearly it's not that dangerous if dudes are just rubbing it on their dicks that's you know? true that's true <laughs> like fixing their well yeah bums. but what was dangerous about it specifically was that it like the way that it would blow the door off and so you uh, have to you have to line it up specifically uh, so, it so that like it doesn't like sideways or yeah something yeah so that it, it blows the way that you want it to mm-hmm. um and Especially because later there's a scene, I'm jumping ahead, but there's a scene where they're going to rob two banks simultaneously. Yeah. So they send, so they they split up and then Matthew McConaughey, who has less experience, is going to do one. And then the guy with more experience is going to do the other. Yeah. And so I thought that Matthew McConaughey was going to be like in the line of fire or something like that. You yeah. Know? And when they rob their first bank, mm-hmm. there's the... Yes, there's an old lady next yeah. door. And I thought that was super fun. And she put, she so the door blows out from the vault. And then she hears it and peeks her head out. And she's like, uh, what are you doing down there? And then uh, Ethan Hawke and Skeet Ulrich get in a conversation, in the whole exchange with her. And Ethan yeah, Hawke keeps say, yelling, what, what like, I'm going to... Uh, oh, he, Skeet says... Ethan Hawke starts yelling at her, yeah. and Skeet stops him. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. And yeah. Skeet's like, oh, I, we're He's like, just... no, we're um, we're paramen. We're, like, fixing something. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, at this hour, I don't think so. Yeah. You're robbing the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, she's like, I have a fire alarm up here. And so she starts, like, you know, cranking, cranking it. Cranking it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I thought this was so cute. Skeet says... You're mean, you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Hawke is threatening to shoot her, and he's just like trying to like ask her to calm down. Yeah, he's like, "You're mean." Yeah, yeah. He was so. Yeah, that was really cute. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then after that, they're starting. They're they're on the path to making some money. Yeah, they're all feeling good about it, you know. Then uh, Willis Matthew McConaughey goes to flirt with Juliana Margulies some more. He's mm-hmm. pretty smooth with her. Yeah. Um, I like that line where he's like, what's there to do in Omaha? And she's like, chew gum. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And she's amazing. She's looked the same for 30 years. Truly. Like, it's incredible. It's it's really amazing. I really want to watch. There's a, um, I think maybe it's a National Geographic mini series that came out this year with her where she's playing like a doctor that had something to do with like finding uh, ebola virus I, I, um, oh yeah yeah uh, i remember antidote, seeing whatever. hot zone or something hot zone yeah yeah so that that looks good hmm. i would like to watch that um but yeah anyway she really has looked at the same for a long time and so she says that she has a son who's 10 years old and matthew mcconaughey has such a good reaction like just the right mm-hmm. response He's yeah. like, oh, bring him with us on this date. We'll just go to the movies instead. And then she says, I think he'd like that. And it's real cute. Mm-hmm. It is cute. Yeah. Um, okay. And then it cuts to another scene. And the sound in this room is someone playing a ukulele. And before it cut to him, I was like, Ethan Hawk is playing the ukulele. I know it. <laughs> Who else? Who else will be playing the ukulele? Yeah. And it was him, of course. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I guess it's, like, the next morning, and so Skeet is, like, counting up their money because he's the one, he's the most, he's so serious, all the rest of them are just like, ah, oh, relax, we're having a good time, we're making money, but Skeet's counting it, Ethan Hawke is playing the ukulele, and he's kind of, like, uh, visualizing what he's gonna do with his money, and he says, any money I make, I'm putting into stocks and bonds, silk stockings and bond whiskey or something. <laughs> yeah, bond whiskey, yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ukuleles are adopted from their Hawaiian instrument. They're adopted from a small, I think, Portuguese guitar. Mm. So they were Portuguese explorers that went to Hawaii. And the Hawaiians developed their own version, basically, of this Portuguese instrument called Mm -hmm. the ukulele. Um, And this wouldn't have been, this would have been, I guess, like, I don't know. I'm not sure, it, like, but it's not like the oldest part of Hawaiian culture. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of Hawaiian culture that precedes ukuleles. Yeah, like it's kind, of, it's sort of a adapted export. And then Hawaiian culture, like in, I guess I'm, I'm not really sure, like, what the timeline for this was. So that's why I was thinking about this because I was like, this you, would have been like about 1923, maybe. Yeah, no, but I'm, I mean, like the oh the ukulele. Yeah, yeah, because like Hawaiian culture. There was like this sort of boom in the in like the mainland U.S. of like interest uh-huh. in Hawaiian culture, yeah. like surfing, and ukuleles and all these other things that people became interested in. Surfing though is like really, like it's very old in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like surfing has been around for a very long time, um, which is fun. So while they're all there, like counting their money, talking about what they're gonna do with it, there's a knock at the door, and they all get real nervous. Yep. Because they've committed a crime. Yeah. <laughs> so understandably, they're nervous. But uh, when they open the door, it's no one to be worried about. It's their brother Doc. Yeah. Yeah, because he tries to play too, and he's like, "It's the police." And then Matthew McConaughey is getting the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as soon as he heard the voice, he's like. Ah, and then he opens the door. That's a really good McConaughey. <laughs> you did it. Animal noise, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, see, I can't even do it. You did it. Yeah, and then it was so fun. They all, like, jumped on him. Yeah. And then he didn't realize who Skeet was because he's, like, a man now. Yeah, That's... the last time he saw him, he was a little boy. Yeah. Jail. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And then they they do end up getting arrested. Yeah. But for something that they didn't actually do. Yes. Yeah. So for robbing the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Which he was at the theater, but he didn't rob the theater. Mm-hmm. The movie theater. And he throws him in jail and then he throws Skeet in there too. Mm-hmm. And he puts on this red they make him put on this red sweater. Uh-huh. And then they bring in this old dude who, like, I guess works at the theater, maybe. Yeah. Or it was, like, a witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, who did it? It's like, oh, the guy in the red sweater. And then he just, like, pulls it off. It's like, oh, what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on? And then and Matthew McConaughey's like, man, this is a shakedown. Yeah. And then uh, now Skeet's like, I understand. Like, you, we're not guilty of anything. <laughs> 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 he finally gets it. Um but you know, and Matthew McConaughey's like, yeah, no, this is just what they do. This is how everyone gets arrested. It's because we're all framed. <laughs> um, but yeah, Skeet's just a sweet boy. 
Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Anyway, but then Matthew McConaughey says, let me show you why we wear our savings account. And so Matthew McConaughey had, like, a nice ring on, and Skeet had, like, this uh, pin brooch kind of thing that was jeweled. Mm -hmm. And so he yells for the jailer, and then so they use the jewelry to bribe their way out. Crazy. Um, and then my next note is Alicia Florick is too smart for Matthew McConaughey's shit. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, he comes home and mm-hmm. she's like sitting in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. What's wrong, honey? And then she's like, you ain't no Willis? Yeah. What's his name? Is that his name? Willis? Yeah, Willis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess he is Willis. But, but she's like, I've, I've seen you use several names in the time that I've known you. Yeah. And you know, you had all this money, so I went and put it in the savings account. He gets so upset about mm-hmm. that because it's stolen money. You know, he stole. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's upset because that can be traced because of the the numbers. What are those called? The little uh, the number, but I don't. What's the little digits? The little digits. Um, little digits. They're serial serial numbers. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, serial, serial number? numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Bank. <laughs> money yeah bank money serial numbers um so yeah but then that's when he has to come come clean and say i am a bank robber that's how we got that money mm-hmm. and um and she's just really upset but then she stays with him yeah but plot twist he calls her out too and I wrote her baby mm-hmm. daddy is she's still, still married. her husband. Yeah. yeah. And he's still around and didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. So, so I guess they, they're, I guess, fine. Yeah, and he <laughs> says, like, we're both just doing what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So. But where is the kid for the rest well i know like when yeah, they that's go true. On that, but after that mm-hmm. yeah well there's that whole scene where, that whole part where they're in toronto Yes. And the kid is not there. I'm yes. assuming he's with like a friend or a grandmother or something. Or the dad. Yeah, I see. Or I, the dad. I was actually, I didn't, okay, before that scene where she confronts him about being a bank robber mm-hmm. or she doesn't know what's going on, she confronts him. I actually thought she had known because she's going around with them to all these different places and she's like <laughs> taking photos of them and stuff like that. I thought she's like, oh, she's just along yeah, for the she's ride. Like she's like documenting the history of the Dean boys. Exactly, because mm-hmm. before that he had told her, oh, I'm not really an oil man. Mm-hmm. So she knows he wasn't an oil man. And she, I think she just thought, I don't remember what he says to her, but he says something that it's like slightly less, it's not bankrupt, but I don't remember what he says, but I thought that the implication was that she knew that he was a bank robber. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize until later yeah. that she didn't know. Yeah. And she was upset about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So... Ethan Hawke and Vincent D'Onofrio go out one night mm-hmm. again, and they're really drunk and they're bragging about robbing banks. Yeah. And I was so, so sure dumb. that that was going to be the end of them, but it's not. Nope. Yeah. Just had a good night. It really feels like dumb luck that they got as far as they did. Dude, through the whole yeah. movie and researching the actual brothers after, mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yeah. I could have done big things back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah we all really could have made it in 1924 yeah what on earth yeah i mean because you could rob banks at nighttime and mm-hmm. during the day apparently yeah, yeah. just any old time they, that was harder but yeah, yeah. your friend yeah. might get killed but 
Yeah. You'd get away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On horse. Yeah, on With a car chasing you. With a car Because they were slow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Imagine. And they didn't have security cameras back then. Some dude had to draw a picture of you, yeah. put it up, be like, wanted. Like, well, isn't me. Mm-hmm. And they still have, they still use, uh, you know, sketches or whatever. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. they're notoriously unreliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are like, eh, it's just, you know. Yeah. Cause, There's cause a lot it, of, like, in, a bias, internal bias. And, like, you know, like, white people don't see black people very clearly. Like, they just mm-hmm. don't perceive their features very well and vice versa also i feel like if you know it's like if someone it's like when your kid makes a drawing for you you don't want to say it's bad <laughs> like if the, the the artist makes the sketch and mm-hmm. it doesn't look right are you gonna be like no start over like no oh, that's well, pretty i think good. that their job is to take your input so like you know you say <laughs> oh their, so. what, their nose was a little narrower or longer or whatever yeah like, then they run off crying <laughs> you hate yeah. it four years so of art hard. school for this yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to a montage of the state and city limit signs and like all the bank explosions of all the different places because they're like international or not international but they're <laughs> international. Well, almost they're almost international yeah they they're, do go to canada yeah yeah, not yet, but they have gone across state borders yeah. and um, have robbed a number of banks by this point. And I really liked that. I don't know. I mean, there's we'll get to it when I talk about the reviews. There's some commentary about how this is Richard Linklater's most straightforward film, mm-hmm. you know. But I kind of liked that old-timey technique of the montage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I just, I just like that. Uh-huh. I think it's a fun way to show that time and events are passing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun. I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that too when they were like they show him on the train, and Vincent D'Onofrio and Ethan Hawke are just like drinking and having a grand old time? Mm, that's when they're on their way to Toronto. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, and then Ethan Hawke's playing that ukulele again. Yeah. And they're singing. Yeah, I just want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. They are fun. Yeah, they were definitely like the fun brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> and also on that train. Uh, Juliana Margulies has a conversation with uh, Nancy Sponge and Avis. Yeah. Um, where she's, uh, Nan- uh, Avis is showing her, you know, where you hide your guns in your suitcase. Because, you know, as a woman, she has all these like techniques as a crime lady. Mm-hmm. So she puts like a douche on top of the guns and they'll never touch it because men are scared of lady things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was great. That was a really nice touch. Yeah. You know, to sh- and uh, this is, I believe this movie passes the Bechdel test because of that scene. Oh. Yeah. You wouldn't think that the Newton boys would pass the Bechdel <laughs> test, but I think it did. That's fun. Yeah, it's two uh, two female characters talking about something that is not a man. Yeah. Just for a moment, but they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good for good for you, Rick. <laughs> you did it. I mean, he's done it before. Days and confused, obviously. Yeah. Did and um, and later boyhood, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Bernie, I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot of movies of his that pass the Bechdel test. I'm not being critical of him. I'm being critical of a lot of movies that we've watched so far in this process. Mm. Um, 
It's true. Because I think a number of them have not passed that very low bar mm-hmm. for female presence in a movie. Mm-hmm. Reality Bites did, of course, because of Lainey and Vicky. Yeah. But beyond Reality Bites and this movie, there are not very many that would have... Yeah, most of them just have because one. At the, I remember at the beginning, we were going to start talking about that in every episode. But we kind of abandoned that. But I would just like to say right now that I think that only two of the, uh, possibly only two of the 14 movies that we've seen have passed the Bechdel test. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I can, I can fact check right now real quick if you guys want to fill for time. Sure. Uh, so they go to Toronto, right? And, um... They're planning to do a daylight robbery. Yes. And Skeet's like, what? <laughs> I don't daylight? Wanna, yeah, I don't want to break the law. And he's <laughs> like, what? That's what this whole movie... You Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a scene where they talk about breaking the law. Oh, it's because when they're committing... They're trying to commit... They're committing a crime related to mail. Because they're doing that train robbery. Yes. And they're like... It's like, oh, it's a felony. Uh-huh. And then uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's like, a crime's a crime. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Skeet, Skeet, like, his character in this movie, is he's the most sort of apprehensive about doing mm-hmm. his crimes. Yeah. He, when they fir- when Matthew McConaughey first proposes doing bank robberies, he's like, what? And then he talks about <laughs> a daylight robber. He's like, what? <laughs> Um, and then they talk about robbing two banks. He's like, what? (laughs) Um, so they do. Yeah. But they are going to do a daylight robbery because Matthew McConaughey is just walking around with his girl, which by the Mm -hmm. way, I felt like they had really good chemistry together. Matthew McConaughey and Juliana Margulies. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I was like, Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) A little flirty. Yeah. I wish they could do something together now, but Matthew McConaughey wouldn't be paired with anyone, uh, older than 30 because of Hollywood unfortunately but um yeah that would be cool to see them together now mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. felt like it was it was, I was like oh i feel it i feel it mm-hmm. um and because they're that's just walking around song. huh that's our theme song oh I yeah i feel it i feel it oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh captain my captain um <laughs> they're walking around and he sees the guards leaving the bank carrying the money and very stylish weekenders. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Love uh, it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we can just rob these dudes. Which is like, yeah, this is crazy. He's yeah. walking around. I mean, that is well, kind, kind of, of like, how they do it uh, now. Yeah, with those, what is the, the red, cars. the red armored cars. What are those called? The brand, the company. It's like the biggest one. It's like, mm-hmm. it starts with a D. Dunlop? No. Is it, is what I was thinking, but that doesn't feel right. Dunlop is a tire company, but yeah. it could also, I don't know. Google. Google. But the, but they would like, because the thing is, when you go to the, when the guys with the, <laughs> are you looking to buy one? No. I think we should. It's a money tank. <laughs> money tank. Dunbar. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Phased out within next two years. Wow. That's what? Sad. We got to get one. But anyway, they walk a very short distance, like, you know, nowadays. The car is parked directly outside the bank entrance. Mm-hmm. 
the guy walks and I th- do they handcuff themselves to the case? They didn't in this movie. No, I mean in, but real, like, life in now, real life I now. I feel like yeah. they probably would. They probably do. And also they have guns, like very visible guns. There's two mm-hmm. of them. One mm-hmm. of them's carrying the money. The other one is like in the truck or something. Yeah. And they walk a very short distance. Like this one, they're just like walking around in the middle of like the really busy intersections, mm-hmm. just going every which way carrying this money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were like fairly older men. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they did not look like no. tough mm-hmm. guys. They, they just look like regular dudes, and yeah. this is their job, just carrying money. Oh, there's a really good um, scene <laughs> in Ansel Elgort, the car. Baby driver. Baby driver. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really good scene in Baby Driver where they steal from an armored truck. Mm. That's just the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's because it goes horribly wrong. Oh. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they have to like back up and go forward, and then they That's get right. out, and it's yeah. not exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jamie Foxx is like crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just remember um, Kevin Spacey in that movie. R.I.P. Yeah. Getting his face smashed in. Yeah. Um, I have an updated count on the Bechdel test and Ethan sure. Hawke. So of the 16 movies we've seen so far, my count was off on that as well. I believe that three of them passed the Bechdel test. That would be Rich in Love, Reality okay. Bites, and The Newton Boys. Wow. Yeah. What can you do about Before Sunrise? I mean, you know. That's true. Oh, maybe that one does count because there's the fortune teller. But they do talk about, like, a relationship, though. It's kind of hard to say. That one's blurry. Yeah. And it's only, it's very brief. I mean, not that this movie. Yeah, the fortune teller is mostly talking about. Is, yeah. That's the relationship. A, yeah, though. so it doesn't count. Yeah. But so it's three like, of only, 16. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't hold it against Before Sunrise because the entire point of that movie is that it's just the two of them. Yeah, exactly. That's That's the thing with the Bechdel test. It's like, like, you know, Alien doesn't pass. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a rough kind of Mm -hmm. indicator. Yeah. But there's a lot of movies where there's just one woman in it. But I think that this number, three out of 16, kind of gives us, like, a, a, you know, a good feeling for what we've seen so far as far as, like, women. Yeah. In these movies. No, that's true. Yeah. Even if it's not always, like, a very clear indicator of a movie's feminism, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, they're doing this. They're planning on doing this daylight robbery in Toronto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they... Oh, this is, again, where he proposes a crazy idea where Ugh, he wants to... I know. To, I was so upset. He wants to rob... Because there's like three different dudes, three different groups of guys going around carrying mm-hmm. this money. And he wants to rob them all at the same time. Ocean's Eleven style. <laughs> OG. Mm-hmm. Except like far less sophisticated. Just yeah. grab the bags and like hit them if you have to. Yeah. Which they do. They... Like there's one where like Ethan Hawke is holding the duffel and the guy is like grabbing his leg and he's like get off of me yeah and he's like dragging him yeah that man would not let go and the bystanders are like okay yeah although i will say that it's like kind of it is a good thing that they for whatever reason like decided that killing people wasn't really their thing Yeah. yeah because later spoiler alert in the sentencing i feel like they would not have gotten the break that they did had yeah. they killed these three guys it would have been so easy for them to i think because they had these guns yeah, and they, they, they guns. yeah that could have shot from a relative distance mm-hmm. yeah they could have just shot these guys and taken the money but because they didn't do that 
they mm-hmm. had the lighter sentencing later. Yeah, they don't kill anyone in yeah. this entire... Yeah, that was... I think Matthew McConaughey says the rules are like, we won't kill anyone, we won't steal from women and children, and we want something else. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember, but, you know, those were two of their rules. And we won't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt was in this movie. Oh. He would make sense as a brother of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. More than maybe Vincent D'Onofrio would. Yeah. But I don't think he could play Vincent D'Onofrio's character. Although... Mm-hmm. I will say he'd look good in those little sunglasses that Vincent D'Onofrio was wearing. You know, those little sunglasses? Yeah, those were fun. I liked those yeah, a lot. Yeah, I thought it was funny when they, like, go shopping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He buys the sunglasses and watch and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Shopping montage. Yeah. The best part of any movie. <laughs> um, But they managed to pull it off, but, like, barely. They, like, get shot mm-hmm. at and everything. Yeah, this was the point in the movie where I got over Matthew McConaughey again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, because that was so dumb. It was stupid. One thing I really liked during the sequence is that Ethan Hawke says, excuse me, when he's robbing his guys. Oh, yeah. He (laughs) says, excuse me, and I loved that. Yeah, he, like, taps him on the shoulder with Mm -hmm. the gun. What was the context of, there was one line that I have written down just after that, six tits, seven pigs, looks like you're the seventh pig. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey tries to go straight because he tells right, her that right. he's not going to rob no banks no mm-hmm, more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, tries to go straight, and then he tries to set up this oil rig. And mm-hmm. basically the guy that runs the oil rig is telling him, like, you know, Standard Oil or whoever got up all the oil from under you, basically. And he's like, you know, seven tits. Wait. Six tits, <laughs> seven pigs. You're the seventh pig. And Matthew McConaughey's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. He's real pissed off. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, wrote that I watched too, you though. like frantically write that down. Like you had taken very few notes during the whole movie and yeah, you and just turned it frantically. Six, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> you loved I just, it. It's... Six tits. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that happens after they all stop robbing banks is that Jess, I think he goes to be like a shooter at the circus or something, yes. or a horse, yeah. something with shooting or horses at the circus. Yes. Okay. Thank God. I thought that whole scene was a fever dream. No, it really and happened. I wrote down. I have no idea what even this was in regards to, <laughs> but it's Ethan Hawke drunk at the carnival circus, <laughs> and he just goes, "It is real." Yeah. <laughs> real fun yeah well that's the thing what? is like so his his brothers are trying to get him back into the robbing game yeah because they're all ready to go back and because they're broke now they're they're all broke and so he and so they're like it's you know this isn't real it's time to come that's back and it. so then he says it is real but the what i liked about that line is that when he says it is real he sounded kind of wounded actually like you know, like, I'm fine here. I'm doing this. This mm-hmm. is something I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Um, th- but then he, the next line is, it's real fun. Like, he plays it off like a joke. But I do yeah. think he actually sounded kind of hurt in that first half of the that scene. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I did. I liked that. I thought that was, like, Ethan Hawke, like, just, like, shoving a little bit of depth into this character that's pretty one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know? I Which, gotta love him for trying. <laughs> yeah yeah but maybe i was just like searching for it because i was really no, I watching ethan hawk so their plan basically 
is to because one of the guys oh his old partner right because he, he runs into his yeah, old partner slim, yeah slim yeah. creeps slim. to his house or wherever they're staying yeah. in mm-hmm. the night scares juliana margulies because she's like there was a man he's like oh yeah he yeah mm-hmm. he was the old mm-hmm. i know him <laughs> it's fine he's gone but yeah he like stops him and then is like, hey, if you ever want any business, I'm in Chicago. But yeah, and they was slim, and his teeth were distracting. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up linking back up, and I yeah. think he's he's the one that tells him right about the train situation. Yeah, he is. Is it him or it's not the other? Oh, yeah, it is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's another guy there, mm-hmm. too, but the other guy knows more because I think he works for them. Yes. And this guy's just, like, distracted by, uh, you know, booze and women. And he's like... And then Matthew kind of, like, leans in real close to him. He's like, you're going to tell me about this fucking postal service business. Because <laughs> we can rob it. He's like, all right. Um. So, yeah. So, what exactly is their oh, plan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're going to, like, rob a... The so the the postal train is insured, but that money seems to be on the train, or they're stealing the I don't know. I think the money's on the train. It was the only yeah, thing he that opens made it sense. Up and then yeah, and there's the money. money in there. Yeah. So they're stealing the money from the train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before that, just that place, that uh, club that he's at, where he's learning about all of the yeah. details. Mm-hmm. Um, I bringing it back to Riverdale from a distance, all of those dancers look like dark Betty from that episode yeah. where she like does the sticky the maple to the, the, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, they were doing that weird, like sway dance. I was, I wrote dancers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funky. Yeah. And they all were wearing skirts and like bras. Yeah. Skirts and bras, which is like the dark Betty look. And, all black. and they all had, yeah, all black, but it was a little shiny when they got up close, but from mm-hmm. a distance, it really looked like just specifically this outfit. Mm-hmm. And so, and the hair was all cut just above the shoulders with bangs. Some of it was curling, some of it was straight, but they all were same kind of hairstyle basically. Mm-hmm. And sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was like a whole like stage of dark baddies <laughs> in this movie with Skeetle Rick. You remember that time when she did a strip tease at the the serpent bar? Yep. And Skeet like took her off the stage and was like, That's enough. Yep. Betty. Thanks yeah. for that. It was a yeah. big thing none of us needed. Yeah. <laughs> Mad world. No. <laughs> and out of all songs. I know. Oh, gosh. We'll be okay, but. Yeah. I think Cole and Lily are still together, off topic. I think yeah. they never broke up. I yeah. agree. I think they're fucking with everyone just for fun, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it was just some gossip, and they're like. Yeah. I, I think I, she posted on Instagram, she's like, none of y'all know shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, because because after the like the day after they broke up, it was that big magazine cover. It was a W or mm-hmm. something. It was that big magazine spread. Yeah, of the two of together. them, and so. Yeah. And she's like, none of y'all know anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and the, in the article, it was basically like they were interviewed separately, but then the only line about it was like, yeah, they want to be like seen as separate people. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, I mean, good for them. I don't know. When I saw them live at Paley Fest, like, that was so scary. Like, I felt scared for, I mean, mostly for Cole, honestly. Because every time he opened his mouth, it was, like, 
girls screaming for about 30 seconds you know and like it's it was scary like it to be them to be them in public and seen so much like that seems so scary Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) so i'm happy for them whatever they're doing together separate i'm just happy for them (laughs) living their lives Mm -hmm. yeah we don't matter they matter (laughs) (laughs) not us specifically but like we as a as a fandom of riverdale oh yeah you know yeah we're, I just want to specify for the listeners, we're not, like, scary fans. No. And I was very quiet when Cole Sprouse talked. <laughs> yeah, the only person we stalk is Ethan Hawke. Yeah, no, we don't stalk him. We didn't see him. We were, well, we were very close to him once. We but him everywhere. No. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Uh, no, yeah, that's it, that's the funny thing is that people come on this show sometimes and they, like, expect us to be, like, Ethan Hawke super fans. Yeah. And I don't think the show would be necessarily as interesting if we had already seen every single Ethan Hawke movie. Definitely. I think it's more interesting that like we're both discovering his filmography mm-hmm. and what his career is like, and we're both coming at it from like somewhat casual yeah. mm-hmm. fan position. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes people are like, oh, you haven't seen this movie? Like, that's crazy. I thought you were doing a podcast with Ethan Hawke. It's like, yeah, well, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also that... We, we we did come in as, like, above-average Ethan Hawke yeah, viewers. Yeah, for sure. So for it's sure. not like we, you know, we're not fans at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. But we're not, like, obsessive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. It would be less interesting. Yeah. If we were just like, oh, my gosh, he was so good all the time, <laughs> always. And, like, every movie he's ever done is so good, and it's the best ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I do think his movies are pretty good. And I think that he's often very good. <laughs> like, you know. Let's just, can we just say it? The best ever. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he is the best ever. Yeah. But. Uh, just the, those eyes. I mean, I mean Kevin Avery and W. Kamau Bell would disagree because they believe that Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. You know, they're but, like slightly different generations. That's true. Though, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I would say that Denzel is just like 10 years before Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. Also have done different things. I mean, I think that Ethan Hawke, he's got to play some, like, major historical figures soon. You know, Ooh. I think this is the the next. I mean, he's going to play John Brown in yeah. Good Lord Bird soon. And I think that's going to be a turning point for him. I think he's going to be, uh, I'm calling it now, nominated for an Emmy for a miniseries or limited. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is my prediction for next year's <laughs> uh, next year's Emmys. Um, hopefully it'll come out in time for it. That's stressing me out already, just thinking about it. Um, they're filming right now, so. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is Ethan's time to, to get his big, uh, like, award roles. Yeah, because he hasn't won an Oscar. He hasn't won an Oscar. He's been nominated four times, twice for writing, twice for acting. And um, it's just time. I think it's. I think we're coming up on his time. Or he could have a Christopher Plummer situation and win for Best Supporting Actor at 84 years old. That's true. That's yeah. true. You never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, because he's never going to stop acting. Never. Yeah. Well, he's never right. going to stop having four children, so. <laughs> okay, but even if he did. Even, like, he, yeah, I know. This is... Well, he could just write. I think he would. St- I think he could stop That's acting true. and be happy writing. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Putting that out there. 
Are you encouraging him to retire? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Ethan, if you're listening. We're going to turn this into a book podcast. You're done. <laughs> I will only have one page of notes left, you guys. Let's get through them. Power through. But I will say I was falling asleep at the end of this movie last night. I was oh, so yeah. tired. Yeah. Whew. That's why I watched. Not because of the movie, but because just I was just tired. Life. Yeah. Yeah, same. Okay, so <laughs> I wrote down next, they're going to rob a train, and then I put train robbery music. Definitely the score changed to be some jaunty train robbing music. <laughs> oh, I thought this was a Z, but it's a two. I was like, Zed? Zed was in this movie? Uh, it's a second. <laughs> Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead, baby. Oh, this is the second time someone's been under a moving train in an Ethan Hawke movie. Where's because the in Mystery time? Date, um, oh, yeah, that guy, guy gets hit by yeah, a train. Yeah, the flower delivery guy. He jumps off the side of the bridge and he's like on the train tracks and he can't get out in time. So he just like sits really still yeah. underneath the train while it passes over him. And then he gets up and he looks really fucked up from being underneath the tra- <laughs> a moving yeah, train. Yeah. Was yeah. Kooky. Yeah. So, yeah, but that guy, uh, who's that other guy? I can't remember his name. Um, but the oh, yeah, other robber guy. One of the guys is not a brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brentwood. Glasscock. Yeah. Glasscock. What did they call him? Oh, Glasscock. Yeah. They call him Glasscock. Um, Isn't that his name? Yeah. yeah. No, but it's his last name. I was yeah. just saying they just call him by his last name. But his first name is Brentwood. Brentwood Glasscock? Yeah. Why not just like be Brent Glass or yeah. Woodcock? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Woodcock starring uh, Billy, Bob Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, so this was when they're robbing one train with mm-hmm. that cute old man in the back and he's like there ain't nothing on my train <laughs> yeah. except like livestock or something yeah. yeah and then was that just a decoy like was that the same train this this i was watching when i was getting ready for work this morning <laughs> <laughs> this chunk of the movie yeah so that they were just off on timing right yeah yeah, t- yeah yeah second train came and that was the one no, no, no. I thought it was the same train. It is the same it's train. It's the same train, but it just goes too far. So they don't st- tell them to stop. They don't get them to stop in time because they're supposed to stop at a specific point. Right. And so they get on the train, and then they say, they pull up their guns to the conductors, and they're like, stop right now. But they don't stop right. soon well, enough. And so then they stop, and they have stop. to reverse the whole train. But why? I don't get why it matters where they stop. I guess because, because it's by the cars. the cars. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, because gotcha. it's part of their getaway is the fact that the train is in the right spot in relation right, to the right, cars. Yeah. So, um, okay. and so they get all the all the men off of the train. Um, yeah, so I guess the old dude was lying because there are people on the train. Yeah, see, that's no, 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 no. He just says there's none in my part. They're all up in the front. Oh. That's what he says. Okay. Yeah, so they go up to where I knew that sweet old man would lie. I know. Yeah. He, yeah. No, he was the director. No, he was ready to just like help them. He was just helpful. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and so they throw, but the guys won't come off the train, so they throw a stink bomb in there so that they'll all yeah. come out. Um, and we'll so the, but the, guys. one of the conductors is like worried about the men because he thinks that it's like poisonous. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke 
I also his tone got really soft at this point like he's being a nice guy which we haven't really seen that much before you know in this movie like he's just he's been smooth talking he's been like oh I'm down to do this crime Mm -hmm. Uh, but he hasn't been soft really in this movie and in this line and I think in that other line before even if I was just imagining it but in this line he gets a little soft and he says it's all right no one ever died of a stink bomb to Mm -hmm. to the guy that was worried yeah yeah um, also, I wanted to say, I feel like it's kind of important to mention there are actually two black people in this movie, which is another thing we haven't really seen very much in any of the movies we've watched so far. It's true. If you think about it. One of them is the woman who the, works at the mm-hmm. hotel. The woman who works at the hotel. And one of them is a conductor. Yeah. Co-conductor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. I just, I, the thing is that I noticed because all of the movies we've seen before, like Before Sunrise, Reality Bites, um, I don't know, like White Fang, Explorers. I, I think I could list most of them and they wouldn't have like any black people, any people of color in it at all. It's true. So I noticed. Um, and they each had one line. Mm-hmm. So they weren't even lineless which is a step up from them being like, you know? So yeah. there's like, yeah. we've seen a lot of movies with no black people and probably a couple with black people with no lines. And now there are two black people in this movie and each have one line. I think we're, we're passing through time is what I'm saying. <laughs> True. This is what, 98? Yeah. Oh, my mom just texted me. What'd she say? Lol, guess which movie is on HBO reality i'm gonna guess it says bites <gasps> reality bites it was men in black three wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about it. yeah uh that's, that's fun ask her what she thinks of the movie so that we could get it on the I air i don't know if she's yeah okay yeah well i mean are you watching it question mark what do you think what do you think because she already she listened to the episode. Oh yeah. About reality well, bites. she's like way more caught up than I know, either yeah, of my she's parents. Like, she, yeah, I know. Or like a lot of people. Or me. Or you. Yeah. I haven't caught up. I'm still on the one with Jorge. <laughs> yeah, my mom was talking about how you. She's like, has Harper never been in snow before? And I was like, oh, is that what she said on the podcast? And I was like, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, she's like, oh, we have to go sometime. Yeah. So, uh, okay, the guy whose name uh, Glasscock, whose name I didn't know, so I called him a non Newton. <laughs> in my notes he shoots he shoots someone who he thinks is like from the train yeah but it turns out that it's doc yeah vincent d'onofrio uh so that's not great because he shoots him in the face yeah it's like a giant hole in his face yeah which is not great and also i think he shoots him a couple times because there are other injuries in his body Mm -hmm. so yikes yeah he, he really shoots him Mm-hmm. Shoots him a few times. Yeah, and then later says it's a, because he wasn't in a hat, so he yeah. thought he was. Yeah, because their their plan was to all wear light yeah. hats so they would be visible at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I feel like he was wearing a hat. I, could I be can't wrong. remember. I'll have to go back and see. Yeah, so they bring him back. I didn't take a lot of notes during this point because I was a little, I was drifting a little. But they do, so they get all the money, mm-hmm. and they get Doc in the car, and they go back to their, like, meet point. Mm-hmm. And the other two guys, they, they're, they like, yelling at the other two guys that they're working with, like, we need a doctor, you need to bring someone here. And then they're like, are you crazy? Like, everyone's going to see that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get arrested. And they're like, 
fuck you, this is our brother, we need a doctor right now. So they arrange for that, and they they drag him up to this, like, apartment or hotel room or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it is pretty obvious, because the cops come, and they do take Doc, and they take uh, Skeet Ulrich as well. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and the other two happen to not be there, because Ethan Hawke just goes, he immediately, like, goes to Mexico with his money. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Matthew McConaughey also goes somewhere for the evening. But when he comes back to see his brothers again, mm-hmm. uh, the cops are there and yeah. they take him in. Right. Yeah. And the cop does go down to Mexico. and uh, Yeah, goes. a different cop. It was a Texas Ranger, actually. Oh, okay. Goes to Mexico because there's probably like a bounty out or something on Ethan yeah. Hawke. And so then he, the what the Ranger does is he dares because Ethan Hawke loves a dare. Yeah. And he's real <laughs> drunk all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he's like, all right, I'll come back into Texas so that I can show you that I can ride a horse. Uh, and then he arrests him because he's in Texas, so he can. It's in his jurisdiction. Oh, um, so he's like just over the border. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, and so the other thing about Matthew McConaughey, Willis, um, he... So when the cops take him, he says, oh, you know, I could get you a big chunk of this money so that you you let me go. And so then he has Juliana Margulies come yes. and bring him the money. Um, but then in that moment when they're giving the money to these dirty cops, the FBI comes in and that's who takes him. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking FBI, man. Yeah. And so then Matthew McConaughey is put in solitary confinement, which, boy, oh, boy, I could talk a long time about how like inhumane solitary confinement is it's uh it's gross it's wrong it's just it's one of the worst things you could do to a person honestly is put them in solitary confinement for you know any amount of time really so but that's what's happening to matthew mcconaughey um and he does seem to be going a little crazy. Like, they don't really get into it quite in the same way as, like, other media does. Like, Rectify, I feel, if you watch that show, is a really good depiction of solitary confinement. Because that's... He was in solitary confinement for so long that, like, when he got out, the way that they show it is incredible. Because he sees and feels and, like, smells and perceives everything so intensely. Because he's just been in this, like, you know, very small room for a very long time that's completely white and that's all he's been you know and so then he he gets home and he like sees the dust molecules in the air and he like you know every noise is shocking to him and he doesn't know how to like be around people anyway um so you know it's not that clear and in this movie but matthew mcconaughey does seem a little unhinged when uh juliana margulies comes to visit him at, at the jail the prison also, those little visiting tables where yeah. it's just like a wooden yeah. sign that said <laughs> yeah. don't touch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like sitting right there like, mm-hmm. oh, that was funny. I want yeah. one of those tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a very short divider. Like, yeah. You might be like, a, I don't know. Yeah, yeah just like a very five sh- inches. Yeah. yeah. And it's just don't. No touching on it or something. Mm-hmm. And they both put their hands over yeah, it. And they're, they they're like kind of linked fingers while yeah. they're talking. So. Different from the glass phone thing that yeah. we have now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. Although I think in some places they still have those tables that you, mm-hmm. you sit at. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Like yeah. in uh, Mindhunter. 
But that's just their just. Well, that was also the 60s, but. That's true. But this is the 20s. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But now I, I still think that, like, it depends on, like, the level of security of the yeah, prison, I think. I was just going to say. True, true. Yeah. It's like Arrested Development. They could go and they sit, at, just the sit at the same table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. But yeah, then yeah. no touching. Yeah. Well, in uh, Extremely Wicked, uh, whatever that Zach Efron, Ted Bundy movie was, he was just fucking Caius Scottolario in the, in the visitor room, so. I think it depends on where you're at, <laughs> really, is what I mean by this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then they're in court, and they're, they're finally, after a few years, they're being sentenced. Mm-hmm. And um, Ethan Hawke gets to make the big statement at the end, which I thought was good. Yeah. Like, it was the longest he talked in the movie, for sure. Yeah. Like, for a consecutive period of time. And he puts mm-hmm. on a bit of a show. Yeah. Like, like we're just some sweet Southern boys uh-huh. who, you know, got in over our heads. We don't know anything <laughs> about crime. We're just, yeah. we're just yeah. trying to get by. We didn't know... We're so sorry, you know. And everyone yeah. was like laughing and like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I liked that. Mm-hmm. That was a good moment for our boy. Yeah, he always gets a speech at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Reality bites. Yeah. Before sunrise is two hours of him talking. So. Oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. That's true. Yeah, we've talked about this before. We have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. How he he even if he's a character that doesn't talk the most, he gets like a speech at the end. That's true. Because we talked about this with dad. Well, because he seems introspective. Yeah. So he he just mm-hmm. brings it out at the end at the when end. you yeah. really need a one-two yeah. punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another one where I felt like he had something to say at the end. Oh, mystery date even, where he kind of he brings this uh, at the beginning when she asked him three questions before. They scam likely. Getting a call from scam likely. There's a really <laughs> funny story today from um, Olivia Craighead, who does iconography on her Instagram story. It was like a screenshot of um, a phone call that said fraud likely. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love it when my boyfriend calls. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> you did? Oh, that's so cute. You should listen to yeah, iconography. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I'm going to write it down. Yeah. It's good. They have a guest on every week to talk about someone they think is an icon. Oh. Yeah, so they've done Carly Rae Jepsen. They did Audra McDonald. They did Stephen Sondheim. Like, they did The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So they're just, they're just all over the place. I love it. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, because at the end of Mystery Date, so at the beginning of Mystery Date, she asks those three questions. At the end, he gets to have those. Oh, and also he has that big, you know, I'm a man to his brother, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he does get to the final word often. Yeah. And then there's like some, some, uh, you know, little text blurbs about how much yeah. time they all served and how they lived out the rest mm-hmm. of their lives. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to this really interesting scene. That's like a clip from the Johnny Carson Tonight yes. Show yeah. with um, Joe. Skeet. Yeah, yep. Joe as an old man. It's it's actually <laughs> the real guy. Yeah. Joe Newton. And I, I think by that point, he maybe he was the only living one. Maybe. Or I don't know. Yeah, no, maybe. Because he was the youngest one, wasn't he? He was the youngest mm-hmm. one. And then they splice that in with a clip from um, of Willard. What's his name? Uh, Willis. Willis. Yeah. And it's like a TV interview. You mm-hmm. don't see the interviewer, but it's him answering questions about definitely or him yeah. just talking about his time. And I I like the line he said. He's very like kind of indignant about it. Mm-hmm. He's kind of defensive of it. And and um, Skeet is like, 
or the real guy is yeah, like, uh, he's kind of, he's charming about it. He is. He's like, oh, I, because Johnny Carson's like, oh, would you uh, recommend it? He's like, well, no. You know, I, I don't know. He was just very kind of like, yeah, he's like, well, we robbed it. a lot of banks. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. he's yeah. just a fun old man. Yeah, and the other thing is that they said in the in the text blurb about him was that he was like, a, you know, after that he went home and he yeah became a Baptist. Like he was a religious mm-hmm. guy after yeah. that. So, you know, and the whole time, he I mean, he seemed pretty. I, you know, we can't know how much was just fabricated in the movie yeah. and how much was real, but he never really was totally on board with it, and he always seemed like a guy with a conscience a conscience mm-hmm. yeah so well the only one too who kept robbing banks was vincent d'onofrio yeah person until right. he was 77 yeah crazy <laughs> yeah so fun i guess it's <laughs> like no retirement but it's yeah. like that it's like that robert redford movie yeah the He's old robbing. man and the yeah. gun it's robbing banks yeah old sundance yeah yeah so i mean i think this movie got kind of middling reviews mm-hmm. um it, so roger ebert says the film chronicles their criminal career in a low-key meandering way we're hanging out with them more than we're being told a story which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing but yeah. i don't think it's also necessarily a good thing um well, it is a Richard Linklater movie. Yeah. Which, uh, well, Richard Linklater makes movies about hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's that's kind of his, his dream. So um, he says also, Linklater is the talented maker of slackers, days and confused before sunrise in the underrated suburbia. These have all been pigeonholed as Gen X movies, although there's a wide range of material. What none of them lack is energy. Um, so lots of praise for Richard Linklater. And what I thought was really interesting was that he said, he called suburbia underrated because I had another review, um, from the AV club that came out in 2002 when the DVD of the Newton boys came out. So it wasn't fresh, but it was a review because the DVD was released and they, uh, maligned suburbia, um, and also, we're, they weren't very super nice about this movie either. Mm-hmm. Um, again, kind of middling. They said, The Newton Boys is Linklater's most conventional film, and despite its numerous flaws, it's not bad. And about a thousand times more enjoyable than his awful suburbia. Wow. Spicy pretty, take. Yeah, pretty harsh. I haven't seen suburbia, but it has uh, Steve Zahn of every movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know it's a richard linklater movie so i don't know it was it might have been it was the one he did i think before this one mm-hmm. so i don't know did this uh did this movie uh lose money mm, yep yeah the budget was 27 million dollars and the box office was Ten million four hundred fifty-two thousand. True to Richard Linklater form. <laughs> Losing money on a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he yeah, makes good movies. Boyhood, boyhood though. Yeah, but he that's made, like he made one, a lot on Boyhood. Yeah. That's like one of his movies. Yeah. Did did before? Most of his did before the befores? I don't know. Maybe because before was uh, cost two something million to make, so it can't. Let's see what it says. 
budget 2.5 box office 5.5 so he didn't make a lot of money on it but it was like he you know covered the movie but i think the sequel might have made some money because people were like buzzy on it now yeah the the budget 27 and box office 16 okay so not a ton still well, I mean, compared to the first one, for an indie movie that like only you could only watch if you had buy into the first movie in the series, like that no, fourteen bad. million dollar, uh, you know, yeah, the earnings, whatever. I can't think of the word. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's really all I had for reviews. Kind of middle of the line. Like it's not bad, but it's not great. It's not even Richard Linklater's best, but it's also not his worst. You know, it's just yeah. fine. It was, it's just a movie. It's like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people felt about it. It's just a movie. Yeah. yeah um, it was oh. entertaining, though. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I thought it was, was fun. I was surprised. One more line from the uh, Roger Ebert review. He said, the most entertaining footage comes at the end during the credits where we see the real Willis <laughs> Newton in the 80s being interviewed by Johnny Carson. And we oh, he's wrong there. Ooh. Roger. <laughs> Project. We see the real Joe. We see the real Joe Newton in his eighties being interviewed by Johnny Carson. Oh yeah, he switched them. He thought that Joe Willis was being interviewed by Johnny Carson, and Joe was the one in his home. Mm. He just swapped them. But anyway, I I understand what he's saying, but also I don't totally agree. Like I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed. It. You know, it just added a little bit of fun to have that real footage. But I didn't think of that as the movie. Yeah. 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 No, it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have something to share with us? A hawk fact? I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. Kaka. Nicole, do you want to do a hawk noise? Okay. What? Well. But that's not, oh, the way we do it is not correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that you know that from listening to the show. Mm-hmm. But I think I want to do it your way okay Caca. oh that was good nice. mine was sad because that's how i feel <laughs> yeah. all right so sorry you know i brought it up this time though you did thank you you're welcome <laughs> it's just that you hate this segment clearly <laughs> i don't i love it i think it adds a lot to the show um so this hawk fact has everything it has texas <laughs> it has escapes Ooh. It has hawks. Mm-hmm. It has bonding. Mm-hmm. This is relatable to the film. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw this. <laughs> this was a couple years ago during Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a hawk that landed, a Cooper's hawk, that landed inside uh, someone's taxi cab. Whoa. So this guy was like basically trying to get out of, I think, like Houston or something. Um and yeah he was so this taxi driver in houston was trying to get out of houston like as the storm was happening and the bird landed in his car and he tried to get the bird to like fly away but the bird was just sitting there perched on the seat Mm -hmm. and like did not want to leave and they said that basically like cooper's hawks are very very apprehensive around people they don't like people they're scared of people but in this case the bird was so exhausted from like dealing with the mm-hmm. hurricane mm-hmm. that like it was just like any safe refuge that the bird could take it decided to take even if it meant being with a human um 
and the the cab driver repeatedly tries to get the bird out of the car and at one point he like like sits he gets out of the car and he's just like sitting on the like i think once he like got sort of more to safety he's like sitting on the curb and the bird is just like sitting in his car and he just doesn't know what to do um and i think the bird stays with him for like a while hmm. what? but um it says that under the migratory bird treaty act it's illegal to capture a cooper's hawk and Bruso, who's the name of the cab driver, was fearful that authorities would think he had intentionally put the hawk in his car. Oh, no. So on his drive home, he had said he had stopped several times when the rain let up to coax the bird out of the window, but it would not move. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, eventually, as the storm hit hard, as Bruso took the bird into his Houston area apartment, where it sat in a corner near the liquor cabinet. Um, so they had just hung out for... Oh, <laughs> Seeing his YouTube posts, so he posted online, I guess, the Texas Wildlife Rehabilitation Coalition reached out to Bruso and picked up the bird two days later. Wow. So he had this bird for two days. Um, Bruso said he felt relieved once the bird was gone because (laughs) flooding was quickly becoming a problem in his neighborhood and he didn't know if he'd be able to take care of a bird of prey forced to evacuate. Jeez. Uh, And Harvey, it was the name of the bird, they named it Harvey. Nice. Uh, and she went to Plano, Texas, which is 250 miles north of Houston. Mm-hmm. So we're all over Texas, just like in the Newton Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, nice. And she's making, she's recovering up there in, in Plano, in this big um, wildlife habitat. And uh, his comments about it were, uh, he said, people lost their lives during Harvey. This hawk survived. She can go do hawk stuff now, and I'm glad for that. Hawk stuff. It's a beautiful story of bonding. Hawk stuff. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So there you go. Harvey the Hurricane Hawk. Nice. Well, thank you for that hawk fact. That was a beautiful story. Yeah, that was great. The bird just, like, moved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh... Um, did we have a most Ethan Hawk line of the film? Just him playing ukulele. Yeah, no, I think that's a good, a solid choice. I'm going to say him when he said, it's real, and he felt, he, I felt that he sounded wounded. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think ukulele, because this wasn't like a typical, like, hymn role, I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So everything he was saying, I was just trying to listen intently, but I was like, even his, like, sassy flirting, I was like, that's not. Yeah. I wouldn't pick that for him. <laughs> but yeah, I think that your choices are the yeah. ones I wrote. Yeah. He did a good job, though. I think he did, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Supporting. He He's good. Oh He's always God. good. Yeah. Um, there was a video that came out today that was a Vanity Fair video with Richard Linklater where he talked about his most, uh, his, his filmography, but they skipped, specifically, they skipped Suburbia and the Newton Boys. I was so excited because before you got here, I was like, I saw this video before you got here. Uh-huh. I was frantically clicking through it, trying to get to the part oh where he would talk God. about the Newton boys because they mentioned it in the in the caption uh-huh. for the video. And what? I said, the Newton boys, Richard Linklater talking about the Newton boys, relevant. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find it and they skipped right over it. That's rude. It is rude. Nonsense. I can't believe that Vanity Fair, GQ... 
and all other publications that create video content like that aren't thinking specifically about us and our needs. Especially if they mention it in the description, Yes, though. especially like, then. I don't know how many people on the internet are like, oh, I mean, other than us. But, like, new boys <laughs> gotta watch this yeah. clip. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Rude. Rude. Rude, rude, rude. Yeah. Well, do we have any final thoughts about this movie? About Ethan Hawke? About the movie? I thought it was fun. Yeah. And I think time. Ethan Hawke was definitely my favorite brother. Hmm. Out of all of them. Nice. I had to pick. If I had to hang out with one. I think I'd pick Skeet. Oh, well. That's, like, obvious. <laughs> well, but I think to hang out with, I'd still pick Ethan Hawke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I understand. To, like, love me back, Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, FP. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, don't, I was looking through someone's Tumblr the other day, and I saw some <laughs> FP, uh... Luke K. What's his name? Uh... Fred Andrews. Fred, yeah, SMFP Fred fan fiction. I was like, all right, I see you. <laughs> Down. Yeah. Down. Did you guys happen to see the new 90210? I didn't, not yet. I mean, they weren't even going to have Luke Perry in it before he died. Yes. So F them. Well, I have not watched it either because I meant to record it just to like <laughs> see it and just didn't. Yeah, it's like basically to me, it looks like they all look old except for Jenny Garth, who is ageless. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. And supposedly, a friend was texting saying that it's like about them. It's not like they're characters, it's like them. Oh. What? And they all kind of Like it's hate about Shannon Doherty and like Jenny Garth and like Tori Spelling. Yeah, Spella. and like that's not confirmed them? because I need to watch it. Yeah. And maybe I was just misunderstanding. <laughs> uh-huh. But from what she was saying, and yeah, that they all kind of don't like each other and like, why are they doing this? That's so weird. So. That's so weird. You know what else happened recently in the world of talking about reboots of shows, of teen dramas, is um, so... Jana Kramer, who played, she was on One Tree Hill, that actress. She, like, the character was an actress. Sorry, don't remember. Hold on, I'm going to cut all of this. (laughs) Kind of sounds like a minor character, though. No, she's not. Oh. Oops, my bad. Alex. Okay, so Jana Kramer, who played Alex Dupre, you remember her now? No. She was on five seasons of the show. Maybe four. What does she look like? This girl. Who kind of looked like how everyone looked on the last four seasons of One Tree Hill. They just hired the same girl. (laughs) Click on the other one. She got with Chase for a while. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. I was not interested in her story. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. So, Jana Kramer, who played Alex Dupre on the show, she has a podcast now, naturally, like everyone, like us. And so... don't knock people with podcasts. I'm not knocking people with podcasts. No, it's fine. It's on the iHeartRadio network. Good for you, Jana. I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jana, we love you. Come on the show. Um, she had Bethany Joy Lenz, who you may know as Haley. Yeah, definitely. Haley James Scott. I remember her because I cared about her plot. Yeah, oh, we all care about Haley. Anyway, so do you care about Haley? 
Okay. So anyway, so she had she had Bethany Joy Lenz on the show, and they were talking about. Uh, they both said that they would be interested in doing a reboot if that came up. But they interesting. Um. Yeah, but they didn't think it was going to happen. And also, they talked about like the toxic environment on the sh- on the set while they were there. So kind of a bummer, but. It was cool that they were back together, and I love it anytime anyone brings up a One Tree Hill reboot, because I'm going to watch it when it happens. I don't think it's going to be for, like, another 10 years, because I think like, we kind of need more time to mm, be it, distant like, from yeah. it, because it didn't end until kind of late, you know? Mm. So, it was kind of recent when it ended, but I'd watch it when it happens. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like, Jamie is old now. He's like 18, maybe, the actor that played him. Little Jamie? Little Jamie, yeah. He grew up? <laughs> yeah, do you want to see what he looks like now? No. Oh, okay. Absolutely it's not. really wild. No, I just want to preserve him in my memory. Okay. He's a little boy who could barely shoot a basketball. He's way too short to play basketball now. Oh. <laughs> he never grew. Oh, he just aged. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love him though. I love him so much. I think he was like the glue that held that show together for four He's years. Great. Yeah, yeah, he really was. He was a very talented that's child why I actor. Know what he looks like now. You know? I know. I understand. So that's all I got to say in this uh, Tree Hill corner of mine. <laughs> My name's Harper. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Harping About on most platforms, I guess. Not really, just on Instagram. Whatever. <laughs> Um, I do have a Tumblr that I never use that's harping about also. I have a Tumblr that I do use, but I'm not going to tell you about that unless you DM me. (laughs) And unless you have an interest in Teen Wolf. Um, Something that I've been enjoying in media lately that is not Ethan Hawke related is Hot and Bothered. It's a podcast by Vanessa Zoltan from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text where she is exploring writing romance novels as a sacred practice. So it just feels real good. Kind of the same as Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. You just feel real good listening to it. You know, (laughs) Vanessa has a really soothing voice often. Most of the time, I would say most of the time. Sometimes she gets a little jokey and it's a little less soothing. But when she's being like, you know, in it, Mm -hmm. like a a chaplain, like she is, it's very soothing, and people talk about the the romance novels they're working on writing and how it relates to them and how they feel about what they're writing and the whole process, and you get little assignments to do if you want to write along with them. Mm. It's super fun, and I'm not, I'm not writing anything, <laughs> um, but uh, it has inspired me to be a little bit more creative lately. And I would recommend it for anyone who maybe struggles with writing or struggles with getting inspiration to be creative or who just wants to listen to a nice podcast where people talk about nice, happy things. Like love. Yeah, like love. I mean, the whole point is really that romance novels, by definition, have a happy ending. Mm. And so that's what makes it such a positive experience to write, to create, and to listen about uh, is that no matter what these all have to end with a happy ending so they're very optimistic by nature mm, that sounds nice it is nice it's wow. nice it's just so nice yeah jonathan where can people find you and what have you been enjoying uh okay well you can find me on the instagrams at john zavaletta 
or John Sapolinda. <laughs> and I've been enjoying, you know, uh, I'm just going to say Billie Eilish. The nice. album that came out, what, six bum, months ago? Yeah, I was late to the, to the party, but I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I get it. Duh. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I'm Nicole. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at nmwaneki. Oh, what a shitty name. I'll put it in the in the oh, episode description. I think I could spell it. N-M-W-I-A-N-E-C-K-I. Um, yeah, she's real fun and cool. Follow her for a real fun, cool time. Oh, that's sweet. I get compliments on my two long hashtags that usually aren't, like... <laughs> four hashtags i'll do like complete sentences i've gotten some good response from those (laughs) um something i've been enjoying oh my god i've been obsessed with los espookies (gasps) i haven't watched it yet but i really want to it looks really good and to just vein off from that um my favorite shapes with julio torres who's one of the creators of los espookies he just Mm has a hbo like comedy special that he just released Mm -hmm. and me laughing out loud wow (laughs) and i like you know because i love watching all stand up and like i could get through one and like oh it was good but i wasn't like but he had me laughing out loud at points i'm like i love this man he's really great he's really talented and funny and los spookies is so good i recommend nice Nice. you could binge it in like one night which is Mm -hmm. awesome and then yeah i felt empty after but it's fine yeah it's fine we'll find something new but yeah yeah cool um oh i'd also like to say uh so long and farewell to the oa thank you to brit marling and zal but monglage but monglage there we go zal but monglage for everything you've done for us and the content you've provided I am so grateful for you guys, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Hawkeyes. Good night. Okay. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson, and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.